The following podcast may contain adult language and an abundance of pits of despair. So get ready, nerds, because we're talking the classic Princess Bride. Welcome, everyone. Thank you guys for joining us on this very special episode. This is one of the best movies ever made, and um, I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. We've never talked about this movie yet. Kadish picked two very good movies two for this week. Extremely Hit excellent, park, excellent movies. Buddy. I'm going to introduce him first because it's his birthday week. <laughs> Welcome, Kadish. How you doing, buddy? Friendless, brainless, <laughs> worthless. <laughs> I'm going to leave you all unemployed in Greenland. <laughs> <laughs> where I found you, where you were so poor you couldn't buy brandy. <laughs> He's so not stinking drunk. Yeah, so so like th this was uh, my birthday week picks, where like uh, basically I was like, you know what, I want to choose two movies I absolutely love, and I want to enjoy them with my friends. And mm -hmm. so the the first one is the absolute classic. It's it's a movie that's so close to my heart. I love mm -hmm. it. I watch it multiple times a year. It's just, it's it's one of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. And so, like, I'm very happy to get to talk to uh, you guys about it. So, so am I. Judah's also here. Hello! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Princess Buttercup, Matt Vader. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Princess <laughs> no, Buttercup. No, no, this, I look badass when I wear the wig. Okay. You look okay. pretty, too. Look All pretty. Right. It's like, it needs... Yeah, I need to like blonde. I need to like no. dye my whiskers blonde. No? Mm. Yeah. I could bleach your whiskers. You, you are you? the fairest podcaster in the land, my friend. I am. <laughs> like when I wear the wig, you look when, like when I wear the wig, I feel special. <laughs> I feel pretty. I feel pretty. <laughs> I do. I feel pretty. Right, let's it take a picture just, for the, I already for did. the Discord. Jesus, I already did, did you already put it in? I was doing that right now. All right, guys. You had true love <laughs> and you let it go. No, 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 no. He said to blame. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the most quotable movies. Oh my God. But, like, you'll quote lines from this movie and not even know it. I could quote this entire movie if we just sat down and watched it together. I really could. Yeah. This movie's amazing. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah. Anybody want a peanut? Anybody? No more rhymes now. <laughs> I mean it. All right, guys. So obviously, this is going to be a great episode. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back. Uh, we're going to sell you something real quick and then we're going to talk about The Princess Bride. He didn't fall? Inconceivable. You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, if you guys want to support us, head over to saltynerdsstore.com. We've got t-shirts all over the place there with many different fun designs. Some of them you can't even wear in public. So <laughs> go over there and grab yourself a t-shirt for bedtime because you're not going to wear it outside of the house. Like uh, 80s tits is a great one. Also boob stalker and well, sex you, machine. You can wear those outside I mean, the house. You can, but who's going to? Special announcement. Jude does. <laughs> Special announcement. We now have hats. You can order now a uh, Salty Nerd Podcast black hat with the logo in the center. Uh, we're getting ours shipped in very soon, so we'll be able to show you guys on screen what they're going to look like. But head over there to saltynerdstore.com, type in Salty in the checkout counter and get 10% off your purchase. Hats are there. So we'd love to sell you guys some hats. It's been requested many, many times. So uh, we'd like to thank the guys over there at Mixed Tees for making that happen for us. Yeah. And since we're talking about t-shirts, I want to point out my t-shirt today. Yes. Which Never is, uh, go against the Sicilian when, when death, death is, is on, on the line. line. It's one of the classic blunders, only slightly lesser known than the first one, which is never get in the land war in Asia. In inconceivable. Incon Why do you keep saying that word? I don't know. I do think that means what you <laughs> think it means. All right, guys. Princess Bride, Jude, take it away. 1987, The Princess Bride, rated PG with a runtime of one hour, 38 minutes. This had a budget of $16 million. What do you think this brought into the box? That's it? Good for it. Uh, I'm going to say it brought in probably not a lot in the box office. I think this is a home video thing. I think this this movie found its legs after. So I'm going to say it made $40 million. Okay. Vader? $65 million. Okay. okay. Had a budget of $16 million with a box office of $30 million. Okay. okay. Not quite doubling its budget, but yeah. Well, one of the issues was that the studio that made this movie didn't know how to market it. Mm -hmm. And I can remember, I, I have a very vivid what? memory of being a kid going to see a movie and seeing the trailer for this film. And the original trailer was the scene where um, Inigo's knocking on Miracle Max's door mm -hmm. and Billy Crystal shows up and it's just their like little exchange. And 
that was the trailer. <laughs> it, it, like, it didn't tell you anything about the story, no yeah. love, adventure, action, like all this other stuff. It was just Billy Crystal. It should have just been the old man saying it's got pirates and love and death and monsters and giants. Like, and Fred Savage being like, that sounds okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a kissing podcast? <laughs> you know, talking about the kissing stuff. The kissing in this. Yeah. Oh, man. You ready for me to tell I'm you what it's about? I'm absolutely ready for your synopsis. Okay. Never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line, unless you happen to be the dread pirate Robert, and that Sicilian is standing between you and your lady living happily in the fire swamp. Luckily, true love doesn't happen every day, but miracles do happen if you know a guy named Max with a witch for a wife. Miracle Max has just the thing to get the mostly dead back on their feet again. He's just got to make sure you're not trying to blave. <laughs> but that would be inconceivable. Death cannot stop true love. Discuss. This is damn near a perfect movie. It really, really? Is. But it's weird because it feels like a TV movie. Yeah. Like it, the, the, the charm that this movie has is that like the production feels like an old serialized TV show. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's a movie. And it's like, it, it, I don't know, it just like melds all these different genres together. It's comedic. It's heartwarming. It's adventurous. It's got everything. There's nothing not to like about it. I I feel like I'm going to be a little bit... Are you on, down on this on, movie? I'm not down on it. I'm going to take but, the wig. But, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be on my own little island over here today. Oh, because no. Because it's... I don't think this is anything close to a perfect movie. But it's an entertaining and beloved movie. I, I just... I, I, made, I made a poll this week on, on the social media. And the poll was... Can you basically it says something like um, can you out can you, can you, can outgrow, you a outgrow a movie that you loved when you were younger? Yeah, and it was overwhelmingly yes was the response. Um, All thirty five people. No, there was there was actually a pretty good response from, from what we normally get, but um, I just I, I had a hard time enjoying this movie on this watch compared to what I did years ago. Really? Yeah, and I, and I don't really know why. I kind of it's it's very strange. It, it felt like it didn't feel cinematic. It didn't feel. It felt um, like a TV show. It felt like a TV show. Yeah, yeah. I think they did yeah. that on purpose. I, yeah, and they probably did. I, I, and you know, it felt like I was watching um, a Mel Brooks movie <laughs> combined with a Monty Python movie combined with whatever. It was they were trying to pull off, and I'm not. I'm really not trying to shit on this show because it's a it's a good movie, but there was just something in in me that was having some issues. And if you asked me what the issues were, I would have a difficult time saying what they were. Were you just not in the mood for it? Because I, I do no, think you have to be in a, in a. I do think that is maybe part of it, but I I, I watch most of my movies by myself in 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 the mid morning. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's when I have time to watch these, and and you know, and it's just may if if I was sitting here in in Matt's viewing room with all of us, and we were a couple shots in, and we were you know goofing around, it'd be a completely different experience. But you got to be able to watch these movies, you know, sober and with a, like a normal brain. And if for some reason um, you do, <laughs> sometimes yeah, and and it just wasn't I wasn't vibing with it like I thought I was going to. That's weird. You know, I mean, I get it. I love you know the Inigo. My name is Inigo Montoya. You come, you come my father. Be father. I mean, who doesn't know that quote? Yeah. Everybody knows that line. You know, and it's got Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. I'm going to do Andre the Giant stuff. You you know, um, but. At the same time, I'll kill you now. Yeah, you know, it's, the, it's one of the best sword fights in cinematic not, not history. Not very sportsman -like. <laughs> You know, I mean, I get the charm, I do, but yeah. there was just something that's weird, something man. Something missing. There was something that I wasn't picking up on this time. Inconceivable. I, 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 yeah. I know, right? Yeah, very I, I, much so. I kind of feel bad that I wasn't vibing with it like I should have, um, but you know. That's just kind of how I've been rolling lately. That's weird. I'm, I'm, I feel the same right. way about the next movie we watch too. And I got, it's, it's, I'm going to get a lot of shit about <gasps> it. Yeah. So I got to get Jude's thoughts on this. Yeah. Jude, give me, give me your thoughts on, do you like adore this movie? Uh, I have, I, I watch this movie probably once a year, if not once a year, then once every other year. Like mm -hmm. this is in my regular rotation. Absolutely. I've also read the book twice. Hmm. 
I bought, okay, so I got fooled by Costco. I went, there was a leather bound, beautiful engraved Princess mm. Bride book. And I was like, I'm buying it now. I didn't read it, I didn't flip through it or anything. I just bought it. Turned it turned out to be a jewelry box? And no, it was fucking, okay. like I read through it and it was weird. Like part of it was like dire entries from the author and like yes. other so, weird shit. No, that, that, that is the book. That's the book? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't, I, I stopped like halfway through. I'm like, this is not the fucking so story. The the book is called uh, The Princess Bride by S. Morgenson, Morgenstern, something like that. Uh, and it's a, a tale of blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. That's the title. And the book is written not by S. Morgenstern, Stern. I, I forget. Well, but well, it's an annotated uh, book. What does that mean? Uh, it, me it means that there was an editor who was William Goldman, who actually wrote the book, um, who goes in pretending that it's someone else's book and he adds notes to it, like footnotes and stuff. No, but that, and, and that's the book. The book is written in a way that like, it's this person outside of this novel giving their synopsis of it as it goes and telling the tale of like how they came in contact with it, what an effect it had on their life and and like how their dad used to read it to them but it's yeah. all part of the book yeah it's just uh it's a very weird narrative i didn't like it yeah it, it's a framing device kind of like how in the movie you have the grandfather and the, and the grandson right as the framing device for the film and mm -hmm. with the book the framing device is that william goldman who's like one of the legendary screenwriters in Hollywood. Um, he basically found this book by S. Morgenstern and basically annotated it to kind of give context to some certain things. It's almost like a director's commentary in, in the sense, but he is S. Morgenstern. Like yeah. he wrote this book, but he's pretending that it was someone else and he, and he's doing like a, a um, like a educational, like, deconstruction of it well i gotta say i was really pissed off when i bought that book and i started reading it and i was like the fuck is this trash like i want the story i yeah. just want the story in you written want to know form. what's happening with you and your wife yeah i don't give a shit like i went to a museum with my father in florence i don't give a fuck like give me the book yeah. me, you know so i was really irritated when i the bought that second book. time i read it i scrolled through all of the billy stuff mm -hmm. um and and just concentrated on um is there the princess bride like stuff. A, an abridged version that just gives you the story i don't think so oh that's a bummer i'm gonna make one <laughs> the, the book is actually much darker than the movie yeah you're just gonna edit out all the peter Paul. yeah absolutely yeah. that'd be a much better story yeah and the movie the movie ends like two-thirds of the way into the book the book gets real weird oh after they escape mm -hmm. oh cool is this a kissing book mm -hmm. <laughs> is this a kissing story yeah, anyway um i just well, like we've already been quoting this movie um, before we even started this. Like, it's just, it's so fun and quotable and it's got a good layer of cheese on it. Oh yeah. It, like when they're on the boat and, and Inigo Montoya is in the back and he's like, you sure nobody's following us? <laughs> I just look back and I happen to see somebody. You're like, oh, it's probably a sailor out for a pleasant cruise in eel-infested waters. <laughs> it's fine. Like, I, I am not going to sit here and deny the cultural impact that this movie has had. Yeah. We've all had Princess Bride quotes discussions. When Kadish gives me notes on my editing, I'm yeah. like, I, I send him the gif as you wish. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. But yeah. it doesn't mean I love you. It's something else, but it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was you saying, don't love me? <laughs> I was saying to Kadish last night, like I quote this movie more than I thought I did. Yeah. Like I, I say, I say I shall be very put out. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. all the time. And I, and like, when I was re-watching it for this, I was like, oh shit, that is where I got that from. <laughs> like, the, I, I say things from this movie without even realizing yeah. it's from this I, movie. I think people quote this movie who've never even seen the movie. Probably. Yeah. Like, we would have driven you crazy, Alex, because last night we were watching it, Jude and I were literally, like, saying every single, I, every single line. I think I might have been right there with you guys, because mm -hmm. I can quote this whole movie, too. I, one of the lines that I quote all the time, not to 50, like, <laughs> anytime, anytime somebody's doing something a little extra, I'm like, not to 50, like, it's just, it's fucking quotable as hell. It's funny, it's adventurous, it's fun, it's romantic, it's got everything. I love the fire swamp bit. You know, the, like, well, you talked about the sword fight. Let's talk about the sword fight first. It's great. It's called the chatty duel. The chatty duel. Yeah. Um, I do have a question about this, though, because it's always bugged me a little bit. Inigo Montoya goes to explain that ever since his father's death, he has dedicated his entire life to the art of fencing. Mm -hmm. That is the only thing he has ever done. And that's what he uses to pay his bills. That's what he uses. And it's all just to serve his vengeance let it go man and he goes up against fucking wesley mm -hmm. the farm boy who for most of his life has just milked cows and got waters of jug, uh, jugs of water 
And he goes he and tra- he goes and trains with the Dread Pirate Roberts for five years, and he's better than Inigo Montoya. Come on. Well, the the funny thing about that is, like Inigo even says, like he's out of practice because, like uh, you know, it's been so long. There's not a lot of money in the revenge business, yeah. so he's taken up these odd jobs, and so like he's not at the the top of his game when he faces Wesley, mm. which is one of the the, the reasons. The thing that's fun about this sword fight is it's not just the sword work. But it's just it's just the, the, back, and the back and forth banter between yeah. the characters. It's it's classic. But it's also, one of the also best the, scenes the, ever. the score. Like every oh, time yeah. there's like a movement, like the like the score just mm-hmm. like kind of like emphasizes it. This is a movie like I'll start watching, but I'll watch this movie and I'll watch it up until the end of this sword fight scene. The fight scene, yeah. When he knocks it out. And then I'll go, eh, I'm done. <laughs> That's my favorite scene of the movie. Click. And I move on to something else. And I, that's, that's kind of how I feel about this movie. It's like, mm. it peaks really early. And then it's just, you know, kind of a bunch of fluff shit. Kind of daughters that. around after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the way I, I think okay. that's a really good description of how I feel about this movie. It peaks with the sword fight and then it just kind of slowly goes down. Hmm. Well, I, I think hill. that the, the first half of this movie is, is so entertaining because it does everything mm-hmm. you need to basically set up the character of Wesley. And you got that that climb up the cliffs of insanity yeah. mm-hmm. and that great exchange where it's, it's like, you're this big Col- Yeah, you're this big colossus. colossus. <laughs> you're, you're, you're this mythical thing. And yet he gains and he's like, I'm well, carrying yeah. three people. <laughs> he, he's only got himself. I'm myself a new giant. <laughs> yeah. oh, Don't oh, say oh. that, Fezzik. <laughs> and, and so they get to the top and, and Vizzini, uh, you know, like cuts the rope. And they think that, you know, like that's the end of it. And they look down the cliff and Wesley has like grabbed onto yeah. the cliff and he's like, he didn't fall. Inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs> and, Why do you keep saying that word? Yeah. I don't and, think it means what you think it means. And, <laughs> and, and, and so uh, like, you know, um, they leave an ego behind to kind of finish him off. And an ego's like, kind of like, Hey, I don't suppose you could hurry this up. Uh, <laughs> Dude, and, that back and forth is fucking amazing. Yeah. He's and like, Wesley's like, this is a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, if I throw you the rope, I never trust the Spaniard. He's like, I swear on the name of my father. <laughs> okay, you will reach the top alive. Throw me the fucking rope. rope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a great exchange. And then like, they have that little sit down and you get some characterization for mm-hmm. ego and ego. And um, I just love like when uh, Wesley pulls off his boot and all these rocks just fall out of it because <laughs> he was getting ready to fight with that. Um, but the, the great thing about this scene is that so this entire scene is actually the two actors, Mandy Potemkin and Carrie, Carrie Elways, um, doing this scene like they're switching hand swords That's and stuff like awesome. that. And they, they worked with this legendary uh, sword choreographer who basically they, they went out and they spent weeks like figuring out what the fight was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then they showed it to Rob Reiner and Rob Reiner was like, eh, he's like, can you make it three minutes? Cause originally it was just one minute. And they're like, you want us to make a three minute sword fight? He's like, yeah. And, <laughs> and so they went back <laughs> to the drawing board. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. And ba- basically the only time that they used stuntmen was when they had to do like, like jump, flip. jumping flips. Yeah. So like there were two uses of stuntmen in this. And other than that, it was all the actors okay. doing it. And it was actually funny because Mandy Potemkin said, he, he's like, you know, I did all my own stunts in this movie. I did all my own fighting. And the only time I suffered an injury was when I was holding in laughter working with Billy Crystal. <laughs> he actually bruised a rib because he was like trying hard not to That's laugh. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I love the beginning of this sword fight when they're just like clink, clink. Yeah. Mm. Well, they're testing each other out, right? Yeah, I love yeah. that. I, I love that this is like, this is a gentleman's fight. Yes. They're not out for blood. Mm-hmm. This is, hey, me versus you. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can do here. Mm-hmm. And then they just like, they test each other out. They test their footwork. They keep going. And then as things progress, it's like, I, why are you smiling? I have a secret I haven't and told you. you can see Inigo getting so excited. He's oh, like, yeah. Oh, finally, a worthy adversary. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> no one of consequence. No one's a consequence. Yeah, he's like, I must know. Get used to disappointment. Yeah. And then he's just like, okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 but but I, I love like the score in this because like you know as they're fighting it's very adventurous but there are these these little tags where like you know like uh, when Inigo kind of swings on that that bar and the score just goes <laughs> you know, it's like it's like very pathetic and then like when Wesley does it it's yeah. like and then he lands yeah that's great it's I love this fight this fight I do agree I think this might be the peak of the movie for me this fight between the two of them is awesome but uh, i i the uh, battle of the wits is the peak for me uh, yeah i can understand that from you yeah that <laughs> makes sense for you um the next thing is is the fight with uh, andre the giant um 
this was, a, I don't want to say it's underwhelming, but it's, it's not like the peak of the movie. It's not my favorite bit at all, but I do like that beginning where he throws the rock and like, you can see Wesley's like, Oh shit, it's the giant. And he's like, how would we fight each other? Like civilized people? Well, it's funny because before we get to Andre the Giant, um, Vassini's there and, and he, he's like, when when he shows up, you know, hit him yeah. with a rock. And, yeah. and Vassini's like, that's not very sportsmanlike. <laughs> and and so like the, there's this great setup to like why Vassini like doesn't just kill him right away. Mm. And what's funny is that so Andre the Giant up at I mean, the... Fezzik. Yeah, yeah. Fezzik. Sorry, Fezzik. Uh, Andre the Giant basically at, at this point in, in his you know, career and life, lifetime, he had been uh, suffering from various injuries from the time he spent wrestling. And, yeah. and so like his, his lower back was very messed up and he couldn't hold anything. Like, like he just wasn't physically able to like hold stuff without being in an excruciating pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in this scene where like he, where Wesley has to like jump on his back and put him in a chokehold, uh, all the shots with Carrie Elway's in it, he's actually on a ramp. And he's like walking on this hidden ramp oh. as, as they're they're you know doing that. Mm -hmm. But in the longer shots where like he it shows him on the back, that's actually a dummy. That's not actually Carrie Elway's. And and you can even see in some shots where it, like Andre is working the head to like make the head move to make oh, it look wow. like it's real. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't want to know these things. <laughs> Well, well, I, I mean, at the end, Ruined. when when, when, Ruined. Butter, when Buttercup yeah. jumps into his arms, that, where, yeah, where he catches real. her, like, like, well, it's real, but like, she had to be on wires right. because, like, he yeah. literally couldn't hold this ninety-pound actress. Yeah, I, uh, as a wrestling fan, I was, I, I actually got to see Andre live one time at, really? a, at a house show. Whoa, yeah. Yeah, he's a big motherfucker. Oh well, yeah, he's Andre he's, the Giant, dude. He is legit a giant. He is three men. It, it's yeah. wild to see actually how big. This guy is so, and and he was very much um, in a lot of pain at this, this stage of his life. And this is literally it, the only thing I know him from. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen a few clips of him in the ring, but well, this is the only. Oh, thing I've it's ever like known. I remember growing up watching him on like oh, yeah. WWF cartoons, watching him on WWF, and it's funny because uh, William Goldman, the writer of the book and the screenplay. Um, he was a big wrestling fan and he's mm -hmm. when he saw like Andre the Giant in like Madison Square Garden or something like that he wrote the character of Fezzik for Andre mm -hmm. and, and like that's who he pictured in his head and yeah. originally like he'd been trying to get this book made into a movie since like the, the early 70s yeah. and he wanted Andre the Giant and at the time uh, Andre just wasn't doing any acting and and so uh, the the people who were trying to get the movie made uh, actually went with wanted to put in this little known actor named Arnold Schwarzenegger mm -hmm. in the role, <laughs> and uh, and it, it was it was kind of funny because like there was by, a nobody then yeah 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 he had, he hadn't I think he'd maybe done like Hercules in New York at this this point but mm -hmm. like he wasn't very good with his English, but uh, by the time that this movie rolled around Arnold Schwarzenegger was too expensive to get yeah and so mm -hmm. like they went oh maybe we can get Andre the Giant and so like that's, <laughs> that's how like they ended up with this I'm so glad they did I don't think Schwarzenegger would have fit in this movie no yeah and like when Andre walked in everybody was like that's Fezzik yeah yeah, yeah for and, sure. and what's interesting is that Rob Reiner the director of this movie so like he sat down and he recorded him saying all of Fezzik's lines like throughout like the entire movie and they'd have him on little like audio cassette tapes and so when they were doing rehearsals with Andre Andre would wear these headphones and listen to Rob Reiner recite his lines and he would just mimic that until he got it to the point where like, you know, they didn't have to do any ADR. Like every time they shot with Andre, he just knew his lines because like he, Rob Reiner had walked him through how to say it, mm. what to say, when to say it. And so like, you know, he's not like a, a great actor in this movie, but with his like heavy accent and stuff like that, you're able to understand mm. what he's saying. Yeah. Anybody want to be that? He's, he's, yeah, it was, it was even in the wrestling world, Andre was never really great at, at the, the showmanship at, part. At the, no, he was a showman, but he had such a thick accent and such a deep voice. You, you, you know, I mean, it's like couldn't hand him a microphone. He, he was, <laughs> he was, he was, was kind of hard to understand sometimes. You know, I mean, it was just Andre. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of like, okay, Andre's going to talk. It's like, oh, but you know, it's like it's like when when Arnold speaks. Mm -hmm. You know, we all kind of like go into Arnold translator mm -hmm. mode. Like, same <laughs> yeah, thing with same sure. thing with Andre. It's like I'm going to talk about things right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well, I understand him perfectly. I didn't have to miss. <laughs> what was funny about Andre the Giant is he called everyone boss. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, hey, boss. Like yes, but like didn't matter what your role was, he was just mm -hmm. like boss. Yeah, it's cool. I I I think he is a, a key element of this movie's um, endearment. Oh, for sure. Is that the right word? 
Anyway, um, um, one of the funny stories Carrie Elway's told in his um, autobiography on the making of this movie is that there, you know, that scene where it's like uh, he's just waking up from being dead. They're like behind this wall, like looking at the, the, the castle gate. Yeah. So like he said that at a certain point, Andre the Giant ripped this like 16 second long fart. <laughs> it was like one of those like, like whoopee cushion things. It was like, but it like went on for like a good 16 seconds uninterrupted. And him and Mandy Patinkin are sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's so loud. The entire crew hears it and it shakes the set behind them because it's so powerful. That's amazing. And, 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 and like when it finally stopped, Everyone, there was just like this moment of silence. <laughs> Everyone was shocked at like how powerful this fart was. And Rob Reiner went up and, and he was like, Andre, are, are you okay? And he's like, I am now, boss. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if, if you ever, if you ever, I mean, if you ever want to like have a, 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 a fun, you know, kill a couple hours, go watch some of the biography stuff on streaming about Andre. Mm-hmm. It's, there's, it's, yeah. there's some really interesting things. He's a cool dude. But how much this dude can drink. Yeah, yeah. And, and eat in his Oh, like a can of beer in his hand is like oh, tiny. Like a little Lego. It's, it's, it looks like this. Like a shot glass, yeah. That's what a can of beer looks like in his hand. It's amazing. And I have a shot glass in there, you know. Yeah. I mean, imagine yeah. a dude his size can drink like. Didn't his daughter a, go into wrestling too? No. Well, you, you, so. you know, Robin Wright used to tell stories about like, because like a lot of times they were shooting out on location, it was kind of cold out and he would put his entire hand over her mm-hmm. head and it would like basically cover it mm-hmm. and it, that would keep her warm because <laughs> it would trap all the <laughs> yeah. heat in her head. Yeah, there's, right. there's a lot of really cool Andre stories. Yeah, Andre was a very, very key element to this yeah. movie. But I got to talk about my favorite yes, character, uh, played by Wallace Shawn uh, Vizzini, who is the Sicilian mastermind behind this whole thing. And mm-hmm. I love like when they first introduce uh, Vicini and Ego and, and Fezzik, it's small, medium, large. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like they're just yeah. lined yeah. up. We're three poor circus performers. <laughs> <laughs> but but the character of, of, of uh, Vicini was originally going to be played by um, Danny DeVito. Because hmm. uh, um, okay. uh, the, the director, Rob Reiner, like he was friends with DeVito and he really wanted to go after him. But they decided to cast uh, Wallace Shawn because like, I, I guess like his comic timing was just like perfect. But Wallace Shawn was constantly afraid that he was going to be fired because he's like, I'm not Sicilian and I'm not Danny DeVito. But he created one of the most like iconic characters out of this entire movie, mm-hmm. I think, because everyone knows like, you know, like the the classic blunders and, and yeah. you know, you never go, go up against, against a Sicilian, Sicilian when death, death is on the line. line. And the way he dies, it's the best death scene ever filmed where he's just like, <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's mid laugh. He just like collapses. But I love that scene because it, you know, the the build up to it where he's like, you know, uh, you must have studied, and in studying, you know that man is mortal. So I can clearly not choose the wine. Oh God! It was such a circular logic. It was driving me insane. You know, the dialogue in this movie is almost verbatim to the book, but the delivery of it gives it so much more. Just sentiment. Character, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's like, your intellect is truly dizzying. He's like, wait till I get going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Australia. He's like, oh, oh that's yes. right. <laughs> but, but that whole scene with the Battle of Wits, like, I know that a lot of people point to the chatty duel as, like, you know, the highlight of the movie. Um, but I think the Battle of Wits is so much more interesting because, like, you really see Wesley do, like, the, the sword play, the, the brute strength, mm-hmm. and, you know, then the Battle of Wits. And then that leads into the Fire Swamp. So, like, the first half of this movie is just brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a wonderful. I do think that once they get into the Pit of Despair, it kind of, like, goes a little bit, you know, like, it slows down a little bit. Uh, but then Storming the Castle and all that good stuff. Um, I love everything about this movie. Yeah, yeah, and, me too. And the writer of this movie, William Goldman, he's a legendary screenwriter. He's a legendary novelist. He's a legendary playwright. Um, he wrote uh, some autobiographies about his adventures in Hollywood, which are also like. So work- you're saying he's a legend? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying he's an extremely like talented writer. Yeah, um, he's written some of the most uh, iconic screenplays you know ever put to film. Yeah. Did and, he do Stepford Wives? Uh, he did like a, a rewrite of that. Oh. I think like a polish of it. Um, but, uh, so this movie just has a very good DNA to it. Like all the actors perfectly cast mm-hmm. the director, you know, Rob Reiner, he was coming right off of spinal tap hmm. and it was actually spinal tap that got William Goldman to convince him that he, that Rob Reiner was the right director for the job simply because like, uh, for a while there in the seventies, like, uh, his movie, the, the princess bride had been put into turnaround so many times and it was so close to his heart because he wrote it for his daughters 
that he was protective of it and he actually bought back the rights from the studios because he's like you guys are just going to fuck this up <laughs> and so when rob reiner came along he had to convince william goldman to take a chance on him and let him direct this thing and so like after watching spinal tap he was like i laughed so hard at spinal tap i was like this guy just gets the tone that i want to go for he took it to 11. yeah, yeah. he took it to 11. <laughs> and christopher guest is also like the the six-fingered man in mm. this movie and he was the one who's like you fold it you fold it again that's that dude that's that dude <gasps> what oh yeah. i didn't know that that's wild yeah he's, he's the guy who says these yeah. go to 11. He pops in. Whoa. Okay, now I got to go back and watch and, Spinal and, Tap again. And, Holy and another shit. great Spinal Tap reference is the, the composer for this movie, uh, when Rob Reiner went to him, he was like, okay, tell you what, I'll work on this movie for free, but you have to put DeBerger's hat from Spinal Tap somewhere in the movie. <laughs> and so if you look at Fred Savage's room, it's hanging up uh, nice. in, in there. Nice. And that was a requirement to get the composer to work on, on the movie. I dig it. Uh, before we take our break, I want to talk about uh, the fire swamp real quick. Mm -hmm. um, this is, I think... We can live quite comfortably there. We can live quite comfortably. <laughs> I, I, what I love about that scene, like the fire swamp's ton of fun. It's got all, you know, it's got the, the fire spurts, it's got the quicksand, it's got the ROESs. I don't think they exist. I don't think they exist. I don't think they exist. Um, it's got, it, it's so fun and adventurous and cool. But what I really liked about that sequence was Wesley explaining exactly what happened to him the last five years. Yeah. And I just, I love that story. Like it's almost like a little mini movie within this movie. I'm like, I can imagine him going on these adventures and like being on the Dread Pirate Robert's ship and learning to, you know, learning all the sword fighting and how to do that, like how to become mm -hmm. the man in black. It's just, I love that sequence. I love how he's explaining it. And he's like, is everything making sense so far? And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I love that stuff. Yeah, that, there's a great story. I'll, I'll let Jude tell it about uh, when her, her dress catches on fire. Oh. Um, oh, um, so when they were filming that scene, um, the author, uh, William Goldman, William Goldman uh, was on set. And when her dress catches on fire, he freaked out and started screaming, her dress is on fire, her dress is on fire. No and way. Rob Reiner was like, you wrote it that way, Billy. And he's like, I knew that, I knew that, sorry. Yeah, he like totally ruined the take. Be oh no. Be be because it was like a controlled burn. And so everyone on set knew what was supposed to happen except him because like, 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 he just showed up and, and he thought that she was actually on fire. And so like he ran out there and he was like trying to put it out. Oh, he went out onto yeah. the set and yeah. did it himself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's and, amazing. And, and what were, a hero. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, like, Bill, Bill, like this is supposed to happen. It's fine. And he's like, really? And he's like, you wrote the book. Aren't, don't you know this? <laughs> and, he, and he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, they were like, you wrote it that way. And yeah. he was like, right. So a quick little thing about this uh, particular scene. Growing up watching this movie as a young kid, what I used to do, um, as soon as Wesley grabs the vine at when, when Buttercup falls into the quicksand and he jumps in, I used to hold my breath to see if, to to see I, I did the same thing, to yeah. see if I could save Buttercup the same way Wesley does. So he'd go in there and he'd jump in and I would sit there and hold my breath and wait for him to pop out and to see if I could do it for a little I I still do it to this day. I did it when I watched it this week. And I was I, like I was like I could save Buttercup myself. I love it when they both come up and they both go yeah. <gasps> and there's sand all over yeah. them and shit. Yeah, it's great. And uh, and she's like, but Wesley, what about the ROESs? He's like, and he's looking up, and they, uh -huh. you just saw them, and he's like trying to protect her, and like, you know, I don't want to freak her out. I don't think they exist. And, <laughs> and what's, what's funny about that is is that the rodents of unusual size were played by fun size people. Of course, so they were. It, it meets one of the trifectas that. Uh, <laughs> well, the there's no boobs. Trifecta. Yeah. There's no trifecta here. Yeah. There's no just. But, I hope not. Rats. But but it was, it was funny because like they had one um, fun-sized actor who was really good at the walking, then one that was really good at the scurrying. Hmm. And uh, there was a there was a part where like Wesley's like wrestling with like one of the the RUSSs, and um, and Rob Reiner's like, you know, I need it faster. Like, where's the guy who can scurry really well? And it turns out that he got ar arrested for drunken driving the, the <gasps> night before. Oh no! And, who did what? Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the uh, the uh, midget oh, actors oh, okay. who who played right. the rats. And, and he tried to explain to the police, he's like, like hey, like, I, I'm on a movie. I can't afford to be, like, in prison. And the cops are like, you're in a movie, huh? What are you playing? He's like, a giant rat. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the, the production had to stop and go down to the jail cell oh, and oh, bail him out. Yeah. Well, at least, I, at least they did that. Good for them. Yeah, and another funny thing is that, so uh, Carrie Elways and Robin Wright Pitt, or Robin Wright, I should say, um, at the time, they were like nobodies. Like nobody really knew who they were. Like she was on the soap opera, mm -hmm. and and he had done like one other movie. Um, and when they were on set together, they got kind of into each other. And so like there was like a little onset romance going on there sure. between the two of them, and it helped kind of like with the chemistry, I think. But um, but between the two, 
Um, but uh, it's, it's just kind of funny, like, as soon as he rescues Buttercup, like, he acts like he's going to slap her at a certain point. Oh, put yeah. Her in the place. Yeah. And in, like, in the book. They actually, he actually hits her in the book. No yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, man. As <laughs> apparently their, their relationship's a little bit different in the book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So in the book, um, she, she decides that she loves him one day. And um, <clears throat> basically, like, uh, she's, she has become the most beautiful girl in all the land. The count sees her and tells the prince, like, uh, it's time for the prince to get to get married. He wants to choose like a beautiful bride. He wants the most beautiful. He has to have the best. And the count's like, you got to come check out this milkmaid. Mm. So they send people to go check out Buttercup. In the meantime, there's a countess with them. She's like an older woman. And she takes up a flirtation with Wesley. And Buttercup is insanely jealous. jealous and doesn't understand why. She goes home and she's like, oh, shit. I'm in love with him. Lucky guy. So she goes and tells Wesley and she like, like pours her heart out and she's like, I've loved you for several hours now and I love you more now than I even did 20 minutes ago. Like my love is just, aren't you, aren't you so lucky that you get to be loved by me? And he shuts the door in her face. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes home and she's like bawling. She's like, I, I've never been rejected before. I don't understand this. Like the, all of the boys in the land have always just been throwing themselves yeah. at her and she's genuinely baffled. Wow. And the next morning he comes to her and he knocks and she's like, I'm not going to take you back, you know? And he's like, I'm leaving because I want to marry you and I'm going to go make a life for us and I'll be back for you. And in the book, it's only three years. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And one of the funny parts about this movie is like, you're always wondering like, well, you know, she grew up on a farm. How is she a princess? Mm. And in the book, they kind of explain that Humperdinck um, basically makes her the princess of a... Like Hammerstein. Yeah, of, of a made-up kingdom. <laughs> like, he just grants a he title to her. He calls her princess in training. Yeah. yeah. That's adorable. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break before we come back. Uh, and we're going to talk about the pit of despair. So we'll be Don't right... Don't even try to escape. Don't even try to escape. <laughs> be right back. <laughs> Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, if you guys want to support what we do here and play a really fun mobile game, head over to saltynerd.com DC and download a game called Dragon Champions on Apple or Android devices. And in the promo code area, type in our promo code SALTY to get a little bit of a leg up on your way to level 20. You guys get like some money, a couple new coins, an extra character. And uh, once you get to level 20, join our guild. Salt, you go and type in Salty Nerd Podcast in the guild area. It's ran by one of our patrons, JT. And we have a ton of fun. We go on raids once in a while. Uh, Matt Vader over here is level 80, and uh, he's still cranking away. And Kadish, of course, is Dragon Champion, like massive level 80. He's been playing since the game launched. Massive level 80. They had a raid today. And they did have a raid today. They oh, did have a raid today. That's right. That English doesn't make any sense. They raided today. Sure. Guild raids. I'm doing what I'm doing while you guys talk. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> join us at Dragon Champions. It's a lot of fun. And the, the developers help us out for the podcast. We want to return the favor. Where were right. we? Oh, yes. Pit of Despair. So what's funny about the Pit of Despair is that the art director for this movie did like a, a bunch of stuff for the James Bond films. Mm. And the machine that they use in the Pit of Despair was originally meant to be a torture device for a Bond movie. Wow. And they adjusted it for this film. It fits more in a medieval setting, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to 50. Not to 50. <laughs> and they, they basically said that the hardest part about building that torture device was keeping these suction cups on carry because <laughs> they kept falling off so like they had to like gaffer tape them to his face no. so i've always wondered and this like i'm i'm already sold in the world that this exists in so i never really bothered questioning it but watching it this time around as you know salt in your podcast i was trying to play i'm like what the fuck does this thing do <laughs> what it what? still steals it's years from your life how it's a water wheel that creates suction on your nipples <laughs> Like, I mean, people do this at freaking spas nowadays with the, the, the cupping thing with the blood. Like, it's supposed to be healthy for you to, like, draw blood or whatever bullshit they come up with to sell you packages. Um, it is bullshit. It's 100% bullshit. Don't do that. Anyway, what does this thing do? How does it take the life out of you? Does yes. It, yes. Just there's no explanation. It just does. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Not to 50. Not to 50. <laughs> I, I just, I, I love that he's like taking notes. Like, so I'm studying the cause of pain. Please be honest. So this is for posterity. Yes. And he's like, how do you feel? 
Very interesting. interesting. <laughs> 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 I fucking love it, dude. It's so funny. Well, you know what's great about this movie is so like there's this wonderful framing device of like the grandfather reading the story to his sick grandchild. Mm -hmm. And so basically everything that we're seeing that, you know, he's reading from the book is the grandfather's interpretation uh, that he's presenting to his, his grandchild. And so a lot of this stuff, like, you know, it could be explained in the book, but the grandfather chooses to gloss over it. Uh, just to get to the more exciting stuff okay. for his, his grandchild. It's kind of like how he leaves out the kissing stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a point where they stop the movie because the grandfather is worried that the kid's getting too scared yeah. with the screaming eels. And mm -hmm. he, he's like, you know, the eels don't eat her at this point. Yeah, you look, you look kind of, you're very <laughs> sick and you look kind of concerned. I love how he words it too. He's like, they don't eat her at this time. Well, at this time, <laughs> what do you mean? And, and, and then he goes back and he's like, you hear that princess? That was screaming. He's like, grandpa, you already oh, read this part. Oh, and it's, it's in the grandfather's yeah. voice, but it's through the characters uh, in the movie. That's a great moment too. In the book, it was sharks, not eels. Ah, yeah. Sharks would have been better. Maybe they couldn't afford sharks. I, I, I like the screaming ears. <laughs> Ill-tempered sharks. Uh, um, the albino that works in the pit of despair. Um, God, I love him. Yeah, yeah. It's a, he's hilarious. They, they do that great thing. Jim, yeah. you do the voice better. Don't even try to escape. <laughs> so where am I? Of the and, <laughs> don't even try to escape. <laughs> he just clears his throat. He clears his throat. He speaks just normal. Um, but but the actor who played that part, Mel Smith, um, basically he looks like somebody from Spinal Tap or something like that. Was he, he in another movie? Well, I, I don't I don't know or not, but basically, like um, at the time, he was wearing colored contacts to play the, like the the albino role. Mm -hmm. And uh, he didn't know it, and neither did the costume department, but the solution that they used to clean the contact lens with, and this is a time where it was like thick glass, glass yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the 80s, um, he was allergic to the solution. Oh, no. And, and so he was having these allergic reactions around his eyes that he was just in constant pain. And so, like, uh, every time you see him on screen, he's just like... Miserable. Dying. Yeah. Oh man, I hate that. When I, I I used the wrong solution one time. I used a cleansing solution instead of just like the normal salt saline uh -huh. stuff. Fuck me up. Yeah. I can understand. It's terrible stuff. Um, the pit of despair is great. The albino is great. The death machine is amazing. <sighs> Fuck, I don't know what to say. There's nothing bad about this movie. Yeah. So one, one of the best scenes in this film is the trip to Miracle Max. Yes. Let's talk about Miracle Max. <laughs> this is the. Uh, endlessly quotable scene where you and I go back and forth all, shut up, witch. I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. And I'm not sure I even want to be that anymore. And, and it's funny because I think we have a different appreciation for Carol Kane now that, you know, Scrooge yeah. in yeah. Transylvania 26. God, she was so horny in that movie. Nude, you <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love her voice. I do too, yeah. She's great. When she was dressed up as Madonna in that freaking maid's outfit, yeah. oh, holy shit. Like, liar. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ever since Pence Humperdinck. Ah, why'd you say that name? Humperdinck, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. <laughs> it's so freaking fun, She's dude. She's the best. She's amazing. Yeah, but I, I just love like everything Billy Crystal did in, in his scenes was ad lib. I knew you were going to say that. That's well, even, I never knew that. That's awesome. Billy Crystal. Mutton, yeah. lettuce, and tomato. Yeah. Where the mutton's nice and lean, lean and the tomato's nice and ripe. <laughs> it's just him being Billy Crystal. It, yeah, it's just <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, but, but it was funny because basically, uh, so Mandy Potemkin had to hold his laughter in mm -hmm. when he was doing his scenes. And Rob Reiner, him holding in his laughter made him nauseous. So like he couldn't be on set when they were doing those scenes. Like he what? was literally outside watching on a monitor uh, I, I can because he was laughing so Can hard. you imagine being Wesley well, on the table, like trying to be dead <laughs> and not laugh at what Billy's saying? <laughs> well, what's weird to me is, is um, a lot of people watching this movie now. They don't even know. Who they Billy don't know Crystal who Billy is. Crystal is or yeah. Carol Kane. And it's, 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 I think people are going to lose a little bit of that. I don't know. I think our demographic is a little older. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, like when, when, when my grandkids watch this movie and they're at that age to watch yeah. this movie, they're not going to know who Billy Crystal is. Yeah, but they, they don't have to. They don't because have the to, characters but, are there. But, yeah. but, it's, but Billy Crystal is just being Billy Crystal. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I mean, you can, you can see the same, the same shtick on any of his old, skit shows or SNL or maybe or you know what was the movie where he's a cowboy uh city slicker city slickers yeah. it's just Billy Crystal's Billy Crystal he's one of those actors that just but he's great when he, he does he does him yeah I, I, that, you know, that and, it's, and it's fine but 
I think he's going to be lost on, on, on the new generations that are going to watch Fuck the new generation. I, I just love the scene in Miracle Max because like he walks around and he's like, oh, look at you, Mr. Smarty Pants. Turns yeah. out he's only mostly, mostly dead. dead. <laughs> um, and a little bit of backstory between Max and his wife um, from the book is um, when he was going through like Miracle Guy school, um, <laughs> you have to have a witch that works with you. So his wife would pretend to be a witch. Oh, no shit. And so now he just calls her a witch <laughs> because it makes him look more credible. And he's actually a really shitty miracle man. Oh, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> Which is why he got fired. Which is why he, he got, got fired. fired. <laughs> yeah. The sun's, uh, the king's stinking son fired me. But in the book, he's like, like one of his, one of the things that he was ever actually good at was working with the dead. Mm. And when he comes down and he's like, there's a dead guy upstairs. And his wife's like, you were always good with dead. Why don't you give it a shot? <laughs> and aren't, aren't there like different levels of dead in, mm -hmm. in the book? Yeah. It's sort of dead, mostly dead and all dead. <laughs> That's awesome. And Wesley, Wesley's only sort of dead in the book. Okay. So and he's mostly dead in this and one. The, yeah, whole, just, the whole thing yeah. about to blave, yeah. which as we all know means to, to bluff. bluff. <laughs> <laughs> he probably owes you money. <laughs> God, those rats are scary. Um, there's two lines in this sequence that I, I adore. And it's when they first knock on the door and he's like, get out of here. I'll call the brute squad. It's like, I'm on the brute squad. You are, you the, are the brute squad. <laughs> Every time I laugh at that line, doesn't matter how many times I've heard it. And then the second one is when they're, they're coating it in chocolate. And he's like, the chocolate coating makes it go down easier. <laughs> Wait, how, an hour. Wait, a good hour, a good hour. Like they pull out like the New Jersey accent no, for that bit. Yeah. No, it's the old Yiddish couple. That's what they were going for. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, someone that we haven't even met mentioned yet is uh chris sarandon as mm. prince humperdinck oh i was gonna wait to get to him at the end but i fucking he's it, i i don't know if it's just because i was like paying more attention this time but i always forget that he is the mastermind behind this entire thing yeah he's the one who hired them in yeah. the first place to kidnap the princess mm -hmm. he's just trying to start this war he doesn't give a shit about any of this stuff mm -hmm. like that's like a weird reveal that they do like way into the second half of this movie and you're like oh shit this guy's an asshole. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> that's the guy. <laughs> I, I, I love when he's like tracking Wesley, trying to find the princess at the beginning. As the, if he doesn't know half. exactly what's happening. Well, well but also like, so like he gets to uh, Vicini's body and he like sniffs it and Iocane powder is supposed to be odorless and tasteless. And he's yeah. like, this is Iocane powder. I'd bet my <laughs> life on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just like so perfect in like everything he does. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's a sham. Is that is that real? Does he really know all that stuff or is he just bluffing the whole time? I, th I think he, he knows. Yeah. I so he's he smarter knows. than... He, he's supposed to be a highly skilled tracker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like all that stuff was just like over the top, like highly skilled. He's a sentier. Yeah. He's a sentier. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this odorless, tasteless poison, he's yeah. like, I okay powder. Um, so the attack on the castle is amazing. Um, the whole Dread Pirate Roberts thing, that used to scare me when I was a kid. And they lit him on fire. And I'm like, that's... That's real. Yeah, the like, Holocaust cloak. That shit was scary when I was a kid. And uh, I love that bit where he's like, Fezzik, get the gate. He's like, give us the key. I have no good key. <laughs> Fezzik, rip his arms off. Oh, you mean this game? <laughs> funny every time. Yeah, and I love how like Wesley, like, you know, he's wiggling his thumb and, and Andre's like, oh, oh, you wiggled your thumb. He's so proud of him. It's like, you just nodded your head. Don't you feel wonderful? And he's like, dude. <laughs> and the way he's like moving his head around. <laughs> no, when they do the hand thing and he's like, <clears throat> <laughs> you love you it, know, one, one of the best parts of this movie is when um, uh, Wesley is first fighting Fezzik and uh, he's just kind of like playing around with him and he, he's like, are you just, you know, tooling with me? And Fezzik's like, I just want you to feel like you are doing well. Yeah. <laughs> I hate for people to die disappointed. He's so nice. He's so nice. In the book, um, so his father... Once he becomes like this size, his father like had a normal job or whatever, mm -hmm. but he, his, his father like is trying to teach him how to fight because he gets bullied all the time and for being so big. And Fezzik comes home and he's like crying and he's like, I keep getting bullied. So his dad is like, I'm going to teach you how to fight. And he's like, dad, I don't want to fight. I just like, cause he's so sweet and, mm -hmm. and loving and he doesn't want to hurt anyone. And he, and his dad's like, no, you gotta, come on, give me a, give me a punch. Give me a punch. And he's like, punches his dad like across the room and his dad quits his job and is like you're becoming a fighter and he like <laughs> makes him go into the fighting circuit no shit yeah that's yeah. amazing so uh, another great scene in this is the wedding scene oh, and mowage mowage 
and they based that uh, the the, uh, the priest on a rabbi that uh, William Goldman uh, used to know in of Chicago, course. who had a speech impediment, and he was a very well respected rabbi. But um, William Goldman couldn't sit through any of his sermons because he would just be laughing the whole time. <laughs> and so he based this character on that, where it's just like Mawage, love, love, love. All right. Um, and, so they they raid the castle. I want to talk about this one scene before um, I forget because it's it's one of the most heartwarming and, and crazy things, but I don't want to bring the mood down too much. But the actor who plays Inigo Montoya, when he goes down, he can finally confronts the mm -hmm. six-fingered man who killed his father. He's got the thing in his gut, and he, he, he gets that, like, second wind, and he's like he starts doing his thing where he starts quoting that same line over and mm -hmm. over again, freaking the guy out. So the actor who was playing Inigo Montoya had recently lost his father to cancer mm -hmm. at that point in his life. Mm -hmm. And um, he said what really made me like dive into that moment, which arguably might be the best moment in the movie. He's like, when I was telling the six fingered man, I want my father back, you son of a bitch. He was like, I just imagined that I was talking to the cancer that took my father. And I was like, when I heard that, I heard that recently, like maybe within the last year or two, I was listening to an interview with him and I was like, mm -hmm. holy shit. Like I'm getting freaking choked up now yeah. just thinking about it. Like that puts such a deeper meaning mm -hmm. on that moment in the movie. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, like Mandy Potemkin, who played Inigo, um, like I, I've seen that same interview and it's it's very heartwarming. And it's also one of those things where like he basically says that like people come up to me at least two to three times a day and say, Hello, Inigo <laughs> Montoya, yeah. you killed my father, prepare to die. And it's one of those things where it's set up early in the movie. And then like when the scene happens, like he just keeps like saying it over mm -hmm. and over and it, it became a, a meme before memes were even a thing. Yeah. Cause like you couldn't watch this movie in the eighties and walk out and not say that line. Yeah. And it's become so iconic. Everyone knows that line. Um, and yep. it, it's kind of funny cause you'd think that Mandy Potemkin would be like, kind of like over it, over it. Exactly. <laughs> the way that you say his name is driving me crazy. How do you say it? Mandy Patinkin. Okay, Mandy Patinkin. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, he, he's kind of embraced it. And he, he's like, I love that, like, I said something so iconic that everyone on the yeah. planet that sees me knows how to. I, I, yeah, I, I really like when actors. There's, there's, there's worse legacies out there. Yeah, yeah. I like it when actors say that because, like, there's two two ways you could look at it. Like, I know some of the more, like, nihilistic people will be like, oh, you just did one role. Like, what's what have you done recently? But then there's actors like I've heard Mark Hamill say the same thing. He's like, I've, I did Luke Skywalker when I was 19. Yeah. I'm still known as Luke Skywalker. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of, I like that school of thought. Like, I did that one thing 50 years ago and it's stayed with me. That's amazing. That's, that's great. I just realized today that I base my hello on. <laughs> hello! <laughs> did you really? I think I did. <laughs> Because that's my favorite part of that that yeah. fight when he's getting his second win back. Yeah. And he's like, it's like his mantra. my name is Amemo. Yeah. Na, 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 na. And he's like, stop saying that. And he's like, hello. The, uh, another thing that I absolutely adore about this, the raid on the castle is once Wesley gets in to the room and he's laying down there in the bed mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, Buttercup comes in and holds the knife and he's like, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in this world a pity to ruin yours and she's like wesley gently <laughs> yeah wesley why don't you hold me gently. <laughs> at a time like this that's all you can say yeah but but what's great about that scene is, is that so the climax of the movie you know it's a non-fight yeah yeah like like typically like in a typical typically structured structured fantasy yeah. film like you'd have the hero face off with the villain. And it's kind of funny because earlier on, the grandpa drops a spoiler on his grandson where, where he's like, oh, nothing happens to Aberdeen. And yeah. the kid's like, he gets away with it? He's like, let me let me read you the story. This is bullshit. <laughs> what kind of story is this, grandpa? Well, I love it when the kid is like, Jesus, <laughs> and, and And so like the scene where basically it's the final confrontation between Humperdinck and Wesley, and Wesley has that whole thing. It's like, no, to the pain. Mm -hmm. And he describes exactly what he's going to do to him. And then, like, there's this great moment where, like, he stands up and he holds his sword. Oh, he's yeah. like, drop your and, sword. And the music swells oh, up. So oh, good. Yeah. Perfect. And then, 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 like, once Humperdinck surrenders, it's, it's real that Wesley can barely stand. Yeah. Chris Red is like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew Bluffing. That's great. Um, but, um, but, but it's one of the most creative climaxes to a movie I think I've ever seen because, like, there, there's no real physical confrontation, but it's such a powerful moment yeah. where Wesley just dominates this king, basically. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's brilliant. Well, he calls his bluff as a coward. He knew he was a coward. Speaking of king, 
Oh. The king is so cute. She kissed me. <laughs> and she, she's like, I'm going to go kill myself. And he's like, oh, that's nice. That's nice, dear. <laughs> she kissed me. Fucking guy. Um, uh, w- the thing that I, I really, really appreciated about that scene between Wesley and Humperdinck was the, the insults that he was throwing at him. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll make sure to use small words so you're sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. It's like, <laughs> that is the first time anybody in my life has ever insulted me. It won't be the last. It is just, it's so ripe. I love it, dude. Mm-hmm. It's good shit. All right, let's polish this up. The ending, the getaway, the Andre the Giant brings Everybody four horses. Lives Everybody lives happily ever after. They Yay. kiss. It's one of the greatest, greatest kisses in history. Grandpa closes the book and goes home. Wonderful fucking movie. Five stars, in my opinion. Fucking great. Watch it anytime. Never gets old. The lines are quotable as hell. Five stars. It's a five-star movie. What is it to you? I'm, you're, you're like off your rocker today. I, I, I think you guys are like just like living in your like nostalgia-filled little fantasy world. What is it to you? It's like maybe a three. Fuck you. Maybe a three. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Vader. Fuck what? You. That's inconceivable. <laughs> this movie is got, it's good for the first 20 minutes, and then it just kind of goes off into this little fantasy little whatever I, little baby kitty realm. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not into it like you guys are. Vader's I've all never, life is pain. Yeah. <laughs> telling you different I've is never, something. I get it. I understand it. I don't, I've never liked this Bro. movie like you guys have. Never, never have I liked this movie as much as you guys are gushing over it. Like it's the greatest fucking thing that's ever been put on film. It's not, it's, it's, it's a fun movie. It's a good movie to, to watch with your nine-year-old grandkids. <laughs> you, you know, it's nothing offensive here. It's it's, but it's it's not it's, it's not like I'm not feeling it like you guys have. I never have. Wow. With this movie. Wow. And I'm sorry, but you know, I'm not sorry at the same time. I get it. I've let you guys gush. Uh, all right, listen. For the last so, thirty minutes, and that's fine. So, but I I'm gonna give it three stars. I kind of want to go a little bit lower, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to give it three okay. out of respect. So listen, something happened a couple or uh, one of our previous videos with uh, big trouble in little China. Uh-huh. Cause I said, I didn't get that movie. Yes. Yeah, I, I got roasted in yeah. the comments. I'm going to get destroyed. So here you go. I'm going to get flamed <laughs> straight to the bottom. Pit so of roasted in the oh, comments, I, I, dude. I know. I know. I get him. And that's okay. <laughs> Vader took it to 50. But I know I'm not the only person that feels this way about this movie. I don't know. That's like I that, said, buddy. I've watched this movie lots of times. But I, once we get past the sword fight, I'm done. Hmm. I'm over, you, you know? And um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a special movie. And, and, and I get it. I understand people's love for it. It's just not a movie that I've ever connected with. And I, I, I don't really know why. Maybe it's just because of- That's shocking. It's, maybe it's the cheap production value. Maybe it's just, you know, I don't feel like Billy Crystal's like really going outside of his box or anything. He's just being being Billy Crystal and Carol Kane in makeup. (laughs) You you know, it's just stop now. You gotta stop. I don't care. Do do your thing, man. Do whatever. What is three stars? (laughs) Three. You're insane. Bring it. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So okay. Uh, before I give you my rating, uh, would you like to know what weird shit happens in the book after the ending of the movie? Do we have time for that? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Wesley relapses. What do you mean? Oh, he goes yeah. back into a coma? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> he basically Inigo, dies. Inigo succumbs to his injuries and falls into a coma. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Fezzik falls off a cliff and dies. What? Buttercup's baby gets kidnapped. Wow. See, now that's a movie. Who? I don't know. I quit reading after that. I was like, I'm going to go with the book. That's a movie. That's great. (laughs) I read this book twice and I cannot get through like. You know, it always did make me wonder. I'm like, why is he fine with like three holes in him? He's not. He's not. He's going to die in 10 minutes. He's like these weird coma dreams. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they actually like when they shot this movie, they made it uh, just as dark as the book was because the book goes pretty dark. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, when when Inigo kills the six-fingered man, he literally carves his heart out of his chest while he's still alive. Mm. So like they shot it like, you know, kind of closer to how the book was. And when they got into the editing, the studio was like, you know what? We'd like to make this more family friendly. And uh, Rob Reiner was like, yeah, you know, I feel like it's too dark. I want to lighten it up a bit. And so they recut it uh, from an R to a PG 13. 
uh, not not PG thirteen, a PG. PG. And I think that that was for the better because yeah. because this is such a feel good, yeah. wonderful fantasy movie. And by the time you get to the end, where the the grandsons kind of come around, it's like, hey, grandpa, can you come back tomorrow and read to me? And grandfather, Peter <laughs> Peter Falk in, in that great grandfather way, he's just like, as, as you, you wish. wish, as you wish. Like like and, and and you know, throughout the book, you realize that that means I love you, and. I'm getting teared up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, it gets Every you. Every time I watch this movie, I get choked up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's five pits of despair. Five, okay, <laughs> five out of five. Perfect. Wow. So there's like rated R version like floating around out there. Somewhere? No, it's not floating around. Oh, okay. It's basically like their initial work cut was, okay. was had like a lot of the darker stuff in it, and they like right. took that out. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume <laughs> this is a five star five star movie for you. Oh yeah, the, okay. this is a, a five classic blunders out of five. You for, put for your eyeballs back straight where they came from. Straight to the back of my skull. <laughs> like like all, 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 all the storytelling and filmmaking perfection aside, like I just love this movie. This is a personal favorite of mine. Has been since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I watched this movie so many times. I've studied it. It's just, it makes me feel good whenever I see it. And so for that reason alone, to me, it's five stars. My spirit animal is drunk, Amigo Montoya. <laughs> <laughs> Back with the beginning. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for Princess Bride, one of our favorite movies for this freaking weirdo. Comment below how Yo, much you freaking want to roast Vader. Please, I can't wait I, to read them. I don't care. I'm so excited. It's okay. You know, like, he put, I already know I'm not alone because there's people in our own chat that are agreeing with me. Vader puts so on the wig okay. and turns into a complete asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Stars. It's, it's, it's down there. It's, it's like it's like watching like Never Ending Story or something. Uh, you, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia there. It's not as good as it was when I was fucking twelve. Boo! Rubbish! The rubbish! Filth! Filth! Yeah. Boom! Fuck yeah. <laughs> the princess of slime. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, somebody has to be a villain. The podcaster Today, of putrid. It's me. Humperdinck, Humperdinck. All right, V, where can they roast you in the comments? Uh, you can roast me uh, all you want at, uh, Matt, at Matt Vader 74 on the Twitter and the Facebooks and the YouTubes and the places. All right. So, yeah. Cool. Jude? You can find me at I am Jude Juju on Instagram and on TikTok. All right, Matthew Kadish, take it away. You can find me at Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H on Twitter. Kadishbooks.com takes you to my Amazon page. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a five-star rating. That really helps us out. Somebody at saltinerdiscord.com tweeted, hashtag I stand with Vader. Blocked. All right, folks, thanks for being here. Join the community. Head over to Discord. We have a lot of fun. And as always, stay salty.